Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Jaya Prabhu Pada, Jaya Prabhu Pada 
Somebody see one someplace out there? Um, bench. On the bench. We're hearing it's on the bench. Perfect. That'll help a little bit. <coughs> Prabhupada says a few times this life is already difficult enough. There's no need for extraordinary pain. If I sit in this low chair too long, I will begin to experience extraordinary pain. <coughs> So this is Gita Jayanti month. So we're we're celebrating the advent of Lord Krishna speaking the Gita. And I think all the lectures this month are going to talk about the Bhagavad Gita or at least share some of the wisdom of the Gita. So I was thinking maybe because most of us here, it used to be in the years ago years ago, being a Hare Krishna for a lot of people, in this country meant living in an ashram, which meant you kind of didn't understood. So then we look at it a little bit from that perspective. So I think the title is, of this talk is something to affect the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Antiquated Book or Modern Manual. And my talk is going to be focused on at least, touch on the idea. I think you could speak volumes about this, but Actually, it's, it's a manual for us today, living in the world today, the same way it was a manual for people 100 years ago and 500 years ago and 5,000 years ago. So I was going to start, just read a little bit from um, 7th chapter, 24th verse. Avyaktim bhaktim vapanam manyate mamabhutaya parambhavam jananto mamavyam anuttamam yeah, that's my name, and it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's my name, Anutman, and the very, the very next of men. So there's definitely connection there, although I don't think that's the trend. Pointing that out to me, Lord, I appreciate that. So Krishna says, unintelligent men, know me perfectly, think that I, the supreme personality of God, Krishna, was impersonal before and have now assumed this personality. Sometimes you hear that, which is imperishable and supreme. It's a long purple, but I'll just read one long paragraph of, of three pages here. The fact is that no one can understand, Prabhupada writes, without rendering devotional service and without developing nine, confirms this. Atapite deva padambuja devakrihita evahi sanati tatvam bhagavan mamimo mahimno nachanya eko pichiram bichintvan. My Lord. If one is favored by even a slight trace of the mercy of your lotus feet, he can understand the greatness of your personality. But those who speculate <clears throat> to understand the supreme personality of God and are unable to know you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare. <coughs> so, 
What's the closest holiday to today in the Western culture? No, that's, that's quite a ways away. It was Black Friday. <laughs> Their fellow shoppers, right? You read stories about people who, you know, had to be rushed to the hospital after they were uh, almost suffocated in the sweater line at the Walmart or something like that. We hear all these things. Um, <clears throat> you know, people uh, f very anxious to get the latest gadgets, the latest updates, the latest fads. But, of course, there's a lot of cost. How much clothes? That's a lot of clothes. And, uh, you know, so much cost to the mental health of people, so much stress, so much anxiety. We know a lot of private schools, they don't do this in public schools, a lot of private schools, they mandate uniforms, right? One of the reasons a lot of private schools mandate uniforms is because the kids, it's too much pressure on them because they come from different socioeconomic backgrounds and there's a lot of, you know, somebody gets to has a really fancy, expensive dress. I just have a cheap dress. There's some reflection upon me or, or you know, shorts or whatever, pants for the boys, however they dress in these days. So, and I think during the pandemic, a lot of people spend more time on their devices, on their race cars. And now when they get on the actual road, they still think they're behind their, their, their smart device instead of the wheel. I just drove someplace last night and I, I swore at least a couple of people almost got killed, almost killed themselves. Just, and I, they always drive like that, but it seems to be getting worse. Living in the fast lane is like, yeah, right? There's a sense of it. Not everybody, of course, but there's a path. Progress means living in the fast lane. And we all feel the pressure like that to live in the fast lane. Even the expression to live in the fast lane means that other people are in the slow lane, right? And generally, if you say to about somebody else, well, what do you think about so-and-so? He's a little slow, right? That's not a compliment, isn't it? <clears throat> so again, culturally. So people in that mentality, in these books, these wisdom traditions, Bhagavad Gita, are antiquated, outdated. So I want to talk about this and that I propose and certainly follow in the footsteps of, of Srila Prabhupada and uh, Gauri Vaishnav tradition and, and Iskan that actually, and, and other Vedic traditions perhaps, but certainly ours, that the Gita actually, it's a manual to address a lot of the modern challenges, a lot of modern problems. It's, you know, where there's a lot of problems you read about in the newspaper or television or whatever you just see on the street and around us. The Gita actually is a manual to address these things for us and for the society at large, <clears throat> if we're familiar with it and if we're willing to help us. And I think that we probably there could be volumes written on this. Maybe somebody's already working on it, but certainly uh, we'll just talk about a couple. And then some references. I don't know how many scripture references I'll get to. I got a lot of notes here, some references, different verses. We'll touch upon a few of those. So, one modern problem that, that came to mind that's very much in people's attention these days is the question of the environmental crisis, which is analyzed and looked at in different ways, climate change, uh, sustainability, uh, you know, biodiversity, and all the different ways, that our behavior <coughs> is fueling the problem. So it's a problem in people's mind, and also people recognize that, that we're fueling the problem, which is an interesting thing to think about, because if we're fueling the problem, we could unfuel the problem, isn't it? Like you put fuel in your car, you can fuel the conflict or you can lessen the conflict. So there's something implied there. Clearly, we have some control. And uh, so let's want to talk, you know, what does the Gita say about this? <clears throat> first, maybe refer to a, a greats in the world. I remember when I first um, kind of traveled across the country from Michigan out west and ended up in a 
temple, Iskon Temple in Colorado. One of the things that struck me was just going down some of these roads in Kansas and Nebraska and places like that, and on one side the road would be completely filled with, with corn. The problem is that it doesn't seem to be cultivated properly. We're not using the resources very well. And of course we know meat production, how much water that wastes and all of those kind of things. But we know that there actually is another. The problem is us. Uh, I remember there was a cartoon years ago. I think it was called Pogo. I don't know if that's still around. It was Nature of the World and whatever. And the last little box in the cartoon said, we have seen the enemy and it is us. I mean, no, actually we've seen the enemy. A lot of these things and the enemy is us. <clears throat> I remember a few years ago, I think it was in the 2011 when the whole stock market crashed, one of the times it did, and we should have done that. And this last person said, well, actually, everything you talked about is important, but the real problem is people are too greedy. This is like some PhD, you know, top economist from, you know, Yale or Harvard or something. Say, actually, what it really boils down to is not, you know, this government policy, that people are just greedy. You know, they're going to talk about how People really didn't have the money to buy that big of a house, but they did because they were greedy. How do we increase people's greed? I mean, they pay people, big companies pay millions of dollars, right? It's called advertising and marketing. How do we convince people that they need something? And then when they turn off their minds to all of the marketing, how do we figure out how to get them to not ignore the marketing? Isn't it? <laughs> you get bombarded. So how do we figure another way to get people's attention so we can inflame their desire? And go on with this concept that if we just produce more and then people consume more, then people will be more satisfied. That's kind of the underlying theory. 0.6 million kilometers. That's like floating between Hawaii and California. It's three times the size of France. Okay? Now just imagine that hits the sh I mean, it's out there doing so much damage. I was thinking, what about one of these days it's going to kind of get close to shore that's out there in that one of five floating islands? That's not sustainable. But then we're all doing more and more and more and more and more. Why? Because the advertising is telling us that's going to make us happy. Why? Because the whole system. So ancient wisdom or modern manual? Because the modern answers don't really brahmacharis learn. But it doesn't just apply to brahmacharis, okay? While contemplating the objects of the senses. Just think about it. We live in a world consumed by greed. You know, I just touched on it. But, you know, we're driven by greed. Leading to a lot of problems, self-caused problems. Okay? What does Krishna say? What's the Gita say? Whatever. Fill in the blank. From such attachment, lust develops. I got to have that thing. I'm going to go park myself out. And from lust, anger rises. I didn't get it or didn't work out as good as I wanted to, or I've got that 14 before I got it. You know, the people are driven by these things. Next verse. From anger, delusion arises. From the of memory, when memory is bewildered, intelligence is lost, one falls down again into the material pool. These are the kind of insights that the Bhagavad Gita gives, that if we understand where well, the problem is coming from overconsumption. Anybody seen the pictures from Delhi recently? You know, I mean, some people like to say it's because they're burning the crops. They've been burning the crops for a lot longer than they ever had that pollution problem. Krishna's saying that while contemplating these things, does our society push contemplation of things? We just talked about the advertising industry in the market. It's all about how do you get people to contemplate. 
things more and more and more. Things need to th people need to think about this a little bit more. Elsewhere in the Gita, go to the third chapter. Krishna says, okay, we just heard about lust. Here's another one. <clears throat> the Supreme Personality of God had said, is lust only, Arjuna, contact with the material mode of passion and later transformed into wrath? Anybody seen it? Ooh. You know? Road rage, right? That's the term these days, right? It's like road rage. which is lust, which is born of contact but to a motive passion, later transformed into wrath. And the Lord says, which is the all-devouring, sinful entity. So we live in a culture where it's like, get more lusty, <laughs> get more greedy, it's good for production. But Krishna says it's actually the enemy of this world. It's actually the enemy of people to have this kind of culture. Maybe I can ask everybody, we've all been living in our homes for so long, quietly, it's the same tune. Whatever company that is, they, they're marketing very well to the Hare Krishna community. But um, otherwise. So here's a few other verses. Krishna says, As fire is covered by smoke, as a mirror is covered by those covered by the womb, the living entity, that's us, is similarly covered by It's covering us. Thus the wise pure entity's pure consciousness becomes covered by his eternal enemy in the form of lust. And here's the kicker. You get this car and you'll be satisfied. You just got to get this new style or this, you know, adjustment to your hairstyle or just get this apartment instead of that apartment, this house instead of that house. But Krishna says, no. So some practical ideas. So the Gita is explaining here, like a manual, working, and so many other things connected. It comes from greed. How does it get such a, to be such a big problem? Because we're contemplating. People are being... Not forced is too strong a word, but enticed to the self. Then these things can actually be stopped. So it's a practical manual. And it's Prabhupada says kind of a you know simplistic way of summarizing all that to teach simpler living, higher thinking. It's not just a slogan. So look at another problem. Over the last few years, especially, there's been more attention being drawn, perhaps much longer than that. Um, the race issues, right? You pick up the paper, it's the environment, race issues. Right now it's abortion. I don't think I have time to talk about that today. But, uh, and racial differences historically and exploitation of different ethnicities and races of people is a big problem um, here and elsewhere. They, they labeled the race riots. Big issue. I mean, blocks of the city were burnt down. You know, causes, that's another discussion, but at least the idea that it's a problem. And I remember I was really struck I mentioned earlier, I traveled from Michigan out west. Where I grew up, race issues meant black, white. And then I traveled out west. I remember I was in Arizona, and I walked into some business or someplace, and a Native American guy walked in with a kind of a funny-looking hat, and actually, if I remember correctly, actually had some kind of, like, featherness. I immediately knew it was American Indian. I was thinking, wow, cool, a Native American. I never met a Native American person before. And then I noticed the way the person behind the counter in Prabhupada said, it's a serious proposal we make that the spiritual knowledge given in the Gita and, and other Vaishnava teachings actually are manuals for how to solve these problems. But they go to the root of the problem. Prabhupada oftentimes give the example, if you go to the doctor uh, and you say, and it happens sometimes, uh, you know, I have a problem, there's some skin rash, and they give you some powder to cover it, 
where they give you some cream. No offense to the wonderful doctors in the room. I just looked at one of our senior most doctors. But just as an example, a limited example, not good medicine. Um, sometimes, or you go to your mother, right? Or maybe your father. And they give you some powder to put over it, or your sister or brother feel good about it. I don't want to offend anybody here. They give you some powder to cover the blemish, but actually there's something underneath that's causing the problem. Gaudiya Vaishnava Prabhupada came to the West, you know, at the age of 69, pretty bold. And, um, you know, I've been listening to a bunch of tapes, uh, welcome tapes, and oftentimes people asking, like, I think it was in London, someone asked, some reporter asked, why have you come here? Prabhupada said, I came. Prabhupada said, London? London is hell. And the man, being a bit of an arrogant British journalist, was so shocked, you know. And then Prabhupada realized how shocked he was. He said, of course, there's great credit to the British people that despite this climate, they were able to achieve so many wonderful things around the world, you know. So the man was like a little relieved, you know. And then, then, he, then he couldn't go on. But he was totally, you know, a person who normally makes other people uncomfortable. Prabhupada just went right, you know, cut right to the chase, as they say. So in a similar way, you know, so what's the Gita have to say about a problem like, like race conflict? And we all know the answer to this. It's right there in the second chapter. But it's profound, you know, that it starts with a question of identity. There's so much discussion and conflict in the world today about my identity and are you respecting my identity and, like, what is your identity? And you got to pick your pronoun. Prabhupada said, just this is like the Gita wisdom, I think, such a beautiful example. Prabhupada said, just pick one and stick with it. Nobody's responding to that. He just said, just pick one and stick with it. In other words, it doesn't really matter. You know, however you want to identify yourself, or you feel you identify yourself, that's okay. But what really matters is who are you inside? You know, it doesn't matter if I think I'm a man, I'm a woman or bisexual, or this or that, or does it matter if I think I'm black, or think I'm white, or think I'm young, or think I'm old? That's okay. But what really matters is you're only here for a short time. And you're going to go someplace else. And you're going to get a better situation, or a worse situation, or in this lifetime, you're going to be a little more satisfied or less satisfied if you understand your spiritual identity. And these other things are actually not very significant. And that's where... You know, the, these essential principles that, that the Gita is, is, is touching on. I was thinking about it. It's just like you go on a vacation. You, if you go on a trip or something and you meet some, maybe there's some strangers there at the table next to you or on the boat ride or the tour or whatever. <clears throat> I remember I, I went to Alaska this summer. I went to, I went to Utah for a conference and then went with a good friend of mine to Alaska for a few days. There was all kinds of people from South Asia there. And I was thought, wow, this is like South Asian month in Alaska or something. I mean, it's like everywhere. Couldn't figure out. So we started talking to see with equal vision. So this is quite profound. I mean, we need to learn to see with equal vision. And 5.16, Krishna says, and we can be cleansed of these misgivings. It's actually a misinterpretation, and it's a misgiving, but people can actually be cleansed of these things. They can actually be cleansed of these things. Just like if, we, if we're members of a family... You care about your family members, isn't it? You get a phone call, an uncle in some far-off place is ill. You're concerned because it's a family connection. There's so many sick people in far-off places. You don't really care because there's no connection. But if we realize there's a connection, then we actually start to care with each other. And then Krishna says again, the fifth chapter, the 21st verse, Krishna says when we do so, then we begin to act out of concern for the welfare of everyone. 
And this transformation in our consciousness can actually happen. So the Gita is showing, just using two additional problems that are there. One, all of these things, they come from ignorance. This thing is going to make me happy. And there's only three of them. And there's four. That's the bottom line mentality. There's only three of these, you name it, whatever it is, cars, houses, money, gross national pride. There's only a limited amount. And the more I get, the better off I am. You are a competition to me, competition, whether you're, you know, a different cult of it. We can change those impulsive behaviors. Just one or two other verses, and then we'll pause and see if there's time for some questions or comments. 270. A person, this is like, just imagine if the world understood this. Just listen to the flow of desires that enter like rivers into the ocean, which is ever being filled but is always still, can alone achieve peace. It's not time to review, review all them about how through this understanding and through spiritual awakening, we can conquer selfish desires, lusty desires, greedy desires. <clears throat> As Krishna says to Arjuna, armed with yoga, stand and fight. Or for those of us in this day and age, armed with yoga, stand and, and live our lives. So what does this mean in summary? What does this mean practically for us as devotees? One, we should really dive deeply with this conviction that the Gita is a practical book of knowledge. As Prabhupada said, it's a science, it's not a faith. People need examples. Krishna says that in the Bhagavad Gita. People follow leaders. And leaders don't just mean the political leaders, or the people the most money, or even the boss in the office. Leaders in this context means people that set an example of sane living. And we're meant to set an example for people of sane living. And if we endeavor to do that, Krishna will help us. And, of course, looking from another perspective, just to wrap it up, the ultimate solution to these things in terms of these two examples I gave, you know, conflict between ethnicities or races or the environmental crisis, is that ultimately when we, and this is our, the solution we'd give people where we want to get to eventually, that when we actually awaken our love for Krishna and realize that we're connected, then we don't want to hurt anybody. Because these false, because this ignorance of separateness you know, the planet's separate from me, but no, it's not. It belongs to God. And if I'm God's servant, I need to take care of it, etc. So there's just a couple thoughts. I mean, you could practically choose any problem in the world and see how the Gita practically offers insights. And again, not just theory, but practical insight. Understanding where's the problem coming from at its root? How is it expanded? Bharat Prabhu has his hand up. But he, Bhakti Noh's got the microphone. He's getting ready to, if we need the mic. I uh, thought, so to that uh, end, was this recorded? Because I'd love to receive a recording that I can pass on to some people. I mean, this was really... Uh, um, so, um, I'll, um, I've despite been all of my comments about Black Friday, I didn't buy it at Black Friday, by the way, <laughs> but... Um, we don't, just to be clear, we do not, I just heard the other that, so yeah. Thank you, Bart. Thank you for your comments. Other yeah. comments, questions? Lakshmi Van Prabhu. Before I met devotees of Krishna, teenager, I encountered Bhagavad Gita, and I read a few of these statements that you have to be, it all seemed uh, quite artificial to me, and utterly impossible. Mm that I was just supposed to sit and be quiet and that somehow I would 
get wisdom. So wisdom seemed like something really, really, really boring and not at all interesting. Um, but then after then, meeting... Then you met the Hare Krishnas? Krishna, centering our lives around Krishna, eating Krishna prasadam and being around other devotees, you could feel your heart um, become thrilled and satisfied. And then material desires um, would become less. Mm. And so then the wisdom of Bhagavad Gita became something attainable rather than just something that you were kind of supposed to do by force. Um, so everything you're talking about now seems to be based on the idea that we have to actually practice Krishna consciousness in order to get this kind of fruit for ourselves and for our society. Very important comments. The person spends a lot of money to do, and then when we're done, we get to go out and sell people books about Krishna and talk to people about Krishna. So, like, we're doing everything that, quote, you know, the materialistic people do, but we were, in a very practical way, we were adding Krishna. And I was just, I was probably in a devotee about a year and a half, and I was saying, wow, I'm so fortunate. Because really, Prabhupada talks about the Krishna consciousness, really not, it's not about giving things up, it's about adding Krishna. So thanks for clarifying that. That was a really good additional point. Yes, sir. I have a question also. Uh, since this is Gita Jayanti, and we are focusing on books, in our not just our society, but anywhere in the world, when you go to elementary school and you finish it, you leave your elementary school books there and go to middle school. Same thing there. When you finish middle school, you leave those there and go to high school and get more books. This in high school, it's you know more elevated geometry and you know algebra and all these etc. Then when you leave high school, you don't take high school books with you to college. You leave them there, and you get more books when you enter college and grad school and Ph.D., etc. That's the system in our educational, on the material educational side. So I spoke to this, I spoke to my mother because she's actually, she was a teacher. And I said, but on the spiritual side, you know, referring to Bible, because that's what our book was in our family, I was saying that you, your material educational system shows you that you leave some books. Look up uh, Srila Prabhupada quotes, and there's one quote that I came by um, with a picture of him, and I really like this quote, and I share it with other people that have different faiths, but Prabhupada says in this quote, any religion, it doesn't matter whether Hindu religion, Muslim religion, Christian religion, if you are a developing love of God, then you are perfect in your religion. Yeah, it's beautiful. He said that many times. Yeah, in man, many different ways. That's a great place to end, except Palika wants to end on something else. Please. Actually, Prabhupada always said in, in, in Christianity, they say, the best of all the commandments is to love God with all your heart and soul. So that doesn't matter what faith you're in. If you genuinely love God, that's the perfection of life. And, and I think we also have to be careful that we would encourage other people. You know, it's not just because I read the Bible, I'm finished. Um, 
Yeah, or because I read the Bhagavad Gita, I'm finished. It's like, okay, you read the Bhagavad Gita, now I have to read it carefully and apply it. So if I say I'm a Christian, okay, well, then follow Christ. If I say I'm a Vaishnava, then follow Krishna. If I say I'm a Muslim, then follow Muhammad. Don't say you're, 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 you're Muslim and don't follow Muhammad or don't read the Quran, etc. Prabhupada always called people out on that, too. Like yeah. when he'd be talking to Christians or something, but he'd call them out, well, you're not really following Christ. Yeah. Because, you know, some, some people, kill. some Christians, not all, but some. No, but even the one commandment, you know, yeah. the whole yeah. slaughtering of animals, is, oh, he always brought it to that point. It was strong on that. <laughs> I'm just wondering, I'm just not here. Is there somebody who's officially making announcements, or am I just supposed to tell everybody? Okay. Thank you for coming. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> so I believe Prashadam is going to be served outside. And. Um, Palika Prabhu organizes and Lakshmi Prabhu Harinam. Those of you who like to worship Krishna by going out and chanting the Lord's names on the weekend, they go every weekend down to Silver Spring. Always inviting more and more people. Sometimes you get 30 devotees out there. People love us, so please join that. It's also Gita Jayanti Month. There'll be more announcements next week about how we can enhance the distribution of Krishna's sacred text. December 14th, big event in the temple. Thank you. Hare Krishna, everyone. Thank you for coming.